It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. A grand jury indicted three Sitkins last month on charges ranging from assault and burglary to driving a boat under the influence. KCAW's Catherine Rose brings us this Sitka trial court roundup for the month of June. On June 21st, Sitka police arrested 30-year-old Jorge Ruiz Rivera for assault and burglary after the owner of a boat parked on Erler Street reported that he discovered Rivera on his boat without permission. When the boat owner told him to leave, Rivera allegedly pointed a handgun at him. During an investigation, Rivera returned to the boat and was arrested after he allegedly refused to follow police instructions. During the arrest, police confiscated a loaded Glock handgun from his boot. On June 29th, a Sitka grand jury indicted Rivera on one count each of assault in the third degree and burglary in the first degree, both felonies. He was also indicted on misdemeanor charges of criminal trespassing and criminal mischief. Earlier this month, on June 8th, Sitka police responded to a 911 call that a man was hanging off the side of a fishing boat in the Sitka Channel. According to court documents, 51-year-old Donovan Kintz was attempting to tie up his boat at the Sitka Sound Seafood Dock when he fell into the water. He was rescued by a good Samaritan. When police arrived on the scene, they found that Kintz was slurring his speech and unsteady on his feet. Kintz refused to provide a breath sample in the field. On June 15th, he was indicted for a DUI and refusing to submit to a chemical test, both felonies since he has two prior DUI convictions in Washington state. Finally, on June 1st, a Sitka grand jury indicted 38-year-old Robert Charles Somerville on one count of terroristic threatening in the second degree, a Class C felony. In late May, Somerville allegedly approached a former co-worker in his vehicle on Seward Street and threatened to harm him. As of press time, all three defendants are in custody at Lemon Creek Correctional Center in Juneau, with trial dates tentatively scheduled for August. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Computer-controlled tools have changed high school shop class in ways that many people of a certain age wouldn't recognize. There are still bottles of glue everywhere, table saws, and cabinets full of pipe clamps and drill bits. But next door, there's now a studio with rows of computer terminals that today's shop class cannot exist without. Most shop projects start here and end anywhere a student can imagine. One Sitka High senior, who is both an aspiring engineer and musician, spent the spring semester making his rock and roll dream come true. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. We all have mixed feelings about shop class. We made cutting boards for our moms or nightstands that weren't quite level. Well, the kid at the next workbench made a mahogany chessboard, or a media center, for the living room. Ryan Mosley has topped them all. That's so weird, it's backwards. This is Mosley Number 1, an electric guitar modeled on the famous Fender Telecaster made in clear dark walnut. It's got a brushed aluminum pick guard and an orange epoxy resin inlay with his name, Mosley, and a phoenix in flight. I have a phoenix bird that I put on it because I was born and raised in Phoenix, so I was like, I'll do that, and then I have a last name. I wasn't convinced a high school student could make a good guitar, so Mosley and I visited the Sitka Fine Arts Camp to meet with Sitka's premier rock and roller. Oh, hey, I'm Joe Montagna, local Sitka school teacher slash guitar player. 
I've been playing guitar my entire life, love guitars. I play lead guitar in a Sitka local cover band, Slack Tide. We just do lots of classic rock songs. And uh, this is a piece you could put up in a guitar center when you walk into a guitar center. is a famous chain down south, right? Um, you would find this in the guitar center and you wouldn't like blink twice at like, oh, that's definitely a school guitar. You'd be like, oh, how much is this one? And then when you picked it up, the real connoisseur will be like, oh, this thing's gonna have great tone because it weighs a ton. Yeah, and there's no name on the top. So I would say, oh, Mosley down there, who's that? It's gorgeous. So you're thinking, well, he made it on a computer. Of course it's a good guitar. But he didn't make it on a computer. He designed it on a computer and cut the parts out on a computer-controlled router. Everything else, the walnut finish, installing the pickups and electronic controls, was regular shop-class elbow grease. The computer has elevated designs, but hasn't replaced craft. Ryan's a single Design and Fab 2 student in a class full of Design and one, Fab 1 students, so he's pretty much an independent study student. Mike Vieira is one of Sitka's career and technical education teachers. He had the context and the contacts to help Mosley create his custom guitar. So about six years ago, when we had just gotten this, we hosted a teacher workshop and uh, had a bunch of teachers come down from different parts of the state of Alaska and the Northwest, and they built a bunch of guitars. And the teacher that led that, Corey Torpa, he teaches in Kalama, Washington. And so he wrote the tutorial for this. Um, after that workshop, we were able to write a couple grants to spend some time together and develop curriculum. I've based a lot of what I do with students on what he was doing with students at that time. So when Ryan expressed that he had interest in doing guitar, I was like, oh, I know just the person. Before school ended for the summer, I visited Mosley in the shop while he worked on the guitar. I watched him cut the curvy Telecaster body. Mosley observed as the router bit sliced through the walnut, one eye on the computer monitors next to the machine. Yeah, it looks like, looks like we got a nice, nice cut. So there's all the pockets. So like this, I, I custom did this um, off a couple different design references because there's this tunnel to the knobs. Mosley later cut the guitar's neck, which was a bit more challenging as it tapers. With time running out, he bought a ready-made fretboard and, of course, all the electronics. In all, he spent around $500 to build a guitar that sells for several thousand. How much you want for it? We laugh, you know. Someone must have told that to Les Paul when he made a, his first oh, yeah. guitar. That's the guy's name. You know who Les Paul is? Yeah. He literally designed it and went to the company and said, here, Gibson, it's named after me, you know, 0001. I can only imagine what that guitar would fetch today. Oh, yeah. oh, so, hey, you could be the next Les Paul. Mosley is enrolling in an out-of-state undergraduate engineering program this fall. He'll probably have a roommate who, if fate is kind, had a great shop class too, where he was encouraged to make an electric bass, or at least drumsticks. Because nowadays, a cutting board just doesn't cut it. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Although king salmon, coho, and chum are the name of the game in commercial salmon fishing around Sitka, local sockeye runs, like the one at Readout Lake, are a staple for subsistence harvesters. Out in western Alaska, amid otherwise severely restricted salmon fishing on the Kuskokwim River, abundant sockeye runs are now helping subsistence users fill drying racks that once held mainly chinook and chum.
As KYUK's Evan Erickson reports, the rise in the popularity of sockeye fishing on the Kuskokwim has introduced a type of gear favored by many Sitkins, the dip net. On Thursday's edition of Fish Talk on KYUK, hosted by Sam Berlin, there was no shortage of excitement about the sudden arrival of thousands of red salmon on the Kuskokwim River and the much-discussed Friday set net opportunity. Good luck to all the fishermen tomorrow. Bihchi. Nick Smith, a Kuskokwim management biologist with the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, said that as many as 30,000 red salmon had been passing the Bethel sonar each day. There's fish jumping all over the place, so yeah. if you're going to be putting out a set net tomorrow, it's uh, probably going to have some sockeye in it. I see jumpers everywhere. Um, I, I, I quit counting. There's too many. Avery Hoffman with the Kuskokwim River Intertribal Fish Commission has been exploring the effectiveness of one gear type that can be used 24-7, the dip net. Berlin wanted to know more. Let's hear a little bit about that. I've been hearing people dipping. I put it in about maybe 10 feet in the water, about 5 feet deep, and I was catching lots. Wow. Uh, sometimes there was two in my net, and I'd pull it straight in, throw them out of the net, club them, put it back in, and I got like eight reds in 11 minutes, and I couldn't stop fishing. It was so much fun. And I was- Dip nets are by no means a traditional fishing gear used along the section of the Kuskokwim River where Bethel lies, but recent years have seen a rise in their popularity as conservation has demanded severe restrictions on gillnet fishing. According to Hoffman, at least 16,000 sockeye have been harvested thus far on the river, with the handful of recent set and drift net opportunities contributing heavily to the count. Right in the middle of the gillnet closure, Hoffman has been armed with dip nets, scouting eddies along the Kuskokwim to collect data on the time of day, temperature, and weather conditions when sockeye can be caught. But the, the thing about these dip nets, they are huge. This one is yeah. about five five feet in diameter, yeah. so and it's heavy. really, really heavy. But yesterday, um, that was the first time I've tried it from the shoreline, and that does so much better. Um, less work, you kind of just stand there. You don't need to waste gas, and... Um, but you do have to fight some mosquitoes if there's no wind. Uh, (laughs) Hoffman encouraged residents to take advantage of dip net rentals now available through ONC, the tribal organization for Bethel. I just here to keep pushing for dip netting because it it is unbelievably fun um, and um, efficient in Mm -hmm. in catches. Yeah, young man like you, yeah, it should be fun. (laughs) For a guy like me, that's a lot of work. <laughs> hey, you, you would have a blast, Sam. I'm telling you. All you have to do is put the net in the water and hold it, and it, it kind of does itself. It's easier than pulling the lead line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> While fisheries managers have yet to announce additional gillnet opportunities on the Kuskokwim River following Friday's set net opener, it appears that dip nets may be catching on. In Bethel, I'm Evan Erickson. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.